Psalms is the big book in the middle. When you need some encouragement, open the Psalms. I submit if you need to know how to pray, open the Psalms. I think the Psalms ought to be part of your daily Bible reading. Here's what I would recommend. I would recommend a proverb a day. There's 31 of them. So, wisdom written by the wisest man who ever lived. Why not read them? There's one for every day. Well, how often should I do that? For the rest of your life would probably be good. A A proverb a day. A psalm a day. And then something else. Well, that sounds like a lot. No, that's pretty easy things. You're always wanting to know how, right? Proverb a day. Match your calendar to your proverbs. For the ones that are a little slow, this is Sunday, August 6th, so tomorrow, August 7th, read Proverbs chapter 7. <laughs> well, I have to have things spelled out to me sometimes. Where I start with the Psalms, the beginning's as good as anywhere. Blessed are they that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That, that's a pretty good place to start. But Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entirety of the Word of God, dedicated to understanding the Word of God, really is what it's about. David is considered the writer. He he talks about things like your commandments and your law and your precepts. And all of those things are talking about the Word of God. Say, well, I thought we're not under the law. Not everything in the Word of God that talks about the law is, is the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, and the such. He's talking about the Torah, that they, that they would have been their main reading of the day. It was the Word of God for their day. Yes. But what you might want to know about Psalm 119 above that everything in it, every word of Psalm 119 is about the importance of the Word of God. You want to understand why the word walk through it. You could spend if you wanted to do detailed study, you could spend the next year in study in Psalm 119 easily. But really before we even read any of it, there's something else I want you to understand. And I am talking about word and prayer life. How I many of you know that's the most important things you've got? Are we learning that? that the most important thing we have available to us is the Word of God and to be able to talk to God. Maybe I should say that. I know that's elementary, but it seems to be the hardest thing in the world for people to understand. It's why we run to every other source in this world. I said it in one way this morning. I'll say it in another way tonight. I'll, if, 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 if you caught your breath and, and, and forgave me a little this afternoon, I'm going to kick you again. and tell you that when we're running around looking for answers, they're in front of you. 
the Word of God and to be able to talk to God is the most powerful things that a human being can have access to. When you have the Word of God, you'll find out who you are and who He is. When you begin to talk to Him, He'll begin to talk to you. And He'll begin to lead your life and it will change your life. It will calm your nerves. It will answer your questions. Somebody said, well, how to pray? That's the two biggest questions people have for the preacher all the time. Do you know that? The two greatest questions that people have for the preacher all the time is how to read, how to understand the Word of God, and how to pray. Well, I mostly say just do it. And when it comes to prayer, I, I, I like to say, you know how to talk. Talk to God. And that's the entry point. And he will develop your prayer life, I assure you. But let me help you with something. I'm going to give you a, a blueprint. How's that? Because when you start reading Psalm 119 and you realize that it, is, that, it, that it is laying out in detail what the Word of God will do for your life and in your life and through your life, you'll also begin to realize something else. Are you here with me? That Psalm 119, like so many others, is just the long one. But Psalm 119 in its entirety is a prayer. David, think of that. David praying to God according to the Word, about the Word. And it's not only, it's not only a, 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 a psalm, uh, it's not only about the Word, and it's not only a prayer, it is also a hymn. It was meant to be sang, sung, whatever. Start. You can't see from here. But mess your Bible up. <laughs> mess your Bible up. Write in it, mark in it, however it, whatever fashion it takes for you to break it down and understand it. I, I, I promise you I won't go through all of Psalm 119. But I wanted to explain a few things to you because it's important to understand that the, it, it will describe what the Word of God will do in your life. And it's a prayer. I, let me add some value to your prayer life. It, I think that's what pastors are supposed to do, what I'm doing right now. I'm not always supposed to scream and spit. Let me, let me help you. Let's give you some value-added time to your prayer life. How's that sound? Boy, that sounds, that sounds, like, that sounds like modern church teaching. Some value-added time to your prayer life. Things like that make me want to go, but. Pray the Psalms. No, Really? Well, let's just start there. I told you this morning, I told people this morning, when they say, when, 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 they're, when, they're, they're, fine, when they're getting saved the first time, I said, you need a prayer life. 
Well, how do I pray? Well, the first thing you need to know is what I told you this morning is that we come to the Father in the name of Jesus. Period. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. That's our access to the throne of God. That is the biblical model to, the, to, to walk into the throne room. You don't have, you don't have any of, it, 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 is, it is Jesus, the name of Jesus, that gives us the authority to walk into his presence boldly. Boldly. The people in this day didn't have that kind of access. But you get to come in boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and help in your time of need. How? Because of the name of Jesus. So I'm going to come to the Father in the name of Jesus. And when I, once I've done that, Brandon, walk on in. Come in with thanksgiving in your heart. And a praise on your lips. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. By the way, that's a psalm. Bring your, bring your petitions. Bring your supplications. What's that? Tell him what you need. Tell him what you want. Tell him, by the way, you might bring your intercession. Somebody else needs prayer too. But you know what? There's no, it's, it's, it, is, it is a sweet aroma, a sweet fragrance into his, in his ears when you begin to lift him up. Pray the Psalms. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep your commandments, who seek you with a whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Loosely, diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes, then I would not be ashamed. Verse several, I am going to read word for word. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn of your righteous judgment, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Did you hear past the introduction? He's beginning to address God one-on-one -on -one. from him to God do you hear it do you see it how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to the word of God with my whole heart I have sought you oh let me not wonder from your commandments your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you blessed are you O Lord who's he talking to Teach me. Oh, that's petition. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. Have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will make meditation of your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. And I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant. Who's he talking to? Deal bountifully with your servant. 
that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes. Petition that I may see. Wondrous things of your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Declaration. I won't tell you the longer I live and the darker this whole world gets and the more junk begins to come on the scene, the more, the more that, 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 that the church drifts away. When the, let's say it this way because the church isn't drifting anywhere. When the religious establishments begin to drift away from the things of God, I can tell you that I more and more am a stranger in the earth. By the way, the Bible tells us that we are pilgrims and strangers in this land. If we bl- Listen, if we blend in, something's wrong. If my life blends in with the world around me, something's wrong. Listen, I... You know, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights usually end up being... I don't know how, most important doesn't seem like the right way to say it. But Sunday nights and Wednesday nights is where we learn how. That's where we learn how. And gain understanding. We are to be strangers. In this earth. I've told you a few weeks ago, and I'm going to repeat it. This world ought to be an offense to you. This world ought to be an offense to you. And let me help somebody. We ought to be an offense to this world. This book, this Bible, this word says that Jesus is the rock of offense. We talk about him being the rock of our salvation, and he is. We talk about being the rock that we can run to, and he is. We talk about the, being the rock that, we, that he will build his church on, and he is. We talk about him being the rock that, that, that gave him drink in the desert, and he is. We talk, he, he, he is the rock. He's the one that when my heart is overwhelmed, David said, lead me to the rock. But let me tell you what else he is. He is the rock of stumbling. He, he is the chief cornerstone that was laid that has become the stu- he is the stumbling stone that has been laid has become the chief cornerstone. The gospel is an offense to this world. Help, let me help you. I'm a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from you. Let me tell you why they crucified Jesus. It wasn't because they didn't like what he wore. It isn't because they didn't like where he went to church. It's not, it's not, it wasn't because of the family he came from. And it wasn't because, it, it, it wasn't because really that he even challenged the religious establishment. It's that he had a claim to be God and that he, and that he brought light into their darkness and that he came and superseded their law. And he challenged men in their sin. Let me tell you why they crucified him. Because he challenged men, mankind, let me help you. He challenged mankind in its sin. You want to know why people hate people that stand for the things of God? Because they're challenged in their sin. Sometimes I can't remember if it was Tozer or Raven Hill, one or the other that said, 
If Jesus had preached the message the church preaches today, they would have never crucified him. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed, who stray from your commandments. Do you ever stop and read and just sometimes just say, wow, I do. You know what sometimes, you know what I do, Andrea? I write, wow, in my Bible. Wow. Wow. My soul. Let's prayer. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Verse 28 says, my soul melts from heaviness. Hear me. I'm going to say it again. David, the psalmist, the sweet singer of Israel, the man after God's own heart, the one that his, that his throne is established forever, the one that the Christ, the anointed, had to come through his lineage, that David. You want to talk about soul rest? My soul melts from heaviness. Can I ask you, what in the world do you think he was talking about? My soul melts from heaviness. Somebody ask yourself when you're reading that psychobabble trash. My soul melts from heaviness. What do you think he's talking about? It's not deep, it's not deep Hebrew. It's not complicated theology. The psalmist is speaking in plain language. My soul, my soul melts with heaviness. I'm going to ask you again, almost not rhetorically. I wouldn't mind to hear you say it. What do you think he's talking about? My soul melts with heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. That'd be another good place to write. Wow. Remove from me the way of lying. And by the way, is this okay? Remove from me the way of lying. He's not talking about I'm a liar. Help me quit lying, God. Back up. Go to 28 again. My soul melts, melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove from me the way of lying. He's not saying, I'm a liar, help me quit lying. He's saying, remove from me the false ways. 
Remove from me the false ways that are weighing my soul down. Remove from me every other thing that distracts my attention that I look to for a source. Remove from me every other, every other philosophy. Remove from me every other, every other source and resource that's not you, that's caused my soul to be heavy. Remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of, there it is. I have chosen, see, see the way of lying. Remove from me the way of lying. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments have laid before me. I want you to notice something. I, I remove from me, it's prayer, the ways of lying. I have chosen the ways of truth. You know what I think, Jeff? I think if we just slow down and read what it says. Just slow down and read what it says. I cling to your testimonies. Lord, do not put me to shame. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Teach me. Oh, Lord, your statutes. It's prayer. Teach me, oh, Lord, your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law. Indeed, I will observe it with my whole heart. Verse 41, let your mercies come also to me, O God, your salvation according to your word. You shall, so shall I answer him who reproaches me, for I trust your word. And I will not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have, for I have hope in your ordinances. And I shall keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk in liberty, for I seek your precepts. Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction. For your word has given me life. I almost can hear it in my spirit in some places that, Pastor, I, can, I could have read the Bible myself tonight. Uh-uh. Uh -uh. for this is my comfort in my affliction your word has given me life when Jesus said to Peter and the disciples he said will you, will you leave me too will you leave me too Peter said so where would we go you alone you alone have the word of life. Oh, I, I need y'all to hear some things. The psalmist, the prayer, the sweet singer of Israel. Are you still with me? Yes. 53, indignation has taken hold of me. 
because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my privilege. In my house of my pilgrimage. I will remember your name in the night. And I keep your law. This has become mine because I kept your precepts. I want to ask you a question when he says the I've indignation has taken over me because of the wicked. You should be indignant. But there's something the church has lost. So they bought a false narrative, a false notion. You, we should be indignant at the condition of our nation today. Come on, somebody. Church, we should, it should fire you up. It should turn over in you. It should drive you to the word and it should drive you to your knees. It shouldn't be passive at all. Keep reading. You are my portion, O Lord. I've said that I would keep your words. I have entreated your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful according to your word. We could go verse by verse by verse by verse by verse. Do it. Verse 65, you have dealt well with your servant. Somebody say that. There's something, this is prayer. Pray it. Because sometimes when life don't go your way and life is hard, we need to remember something. He's dealt well with me. Steve, he's dealt well with me. He's dealt well with you. He's dealt well with you. Somebody hear me. He has dealt well with you. I got people that I know very well, very close friends that dealing with terrible struggles in life. And let me tell you, I know a little something about terrible struggles in life. And I don't demean theirs because I've had them. And I don't elevate mine because some of my stuff was worse. But I have a problem when you, you've got, when you start being indignant with God instead of indignant with the world. And I've got a problem when you can't turn to the Word. And here, church, if, and I know why, and, I, and, and they know better, but I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you better. God never promised you an easy road. He absolutely never promised you an easy road. Period. Hear me. Jesus didn't come. To set the world in order and give you an easy road. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he came for. For this cause the Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. He came to reconcile fallen man to God and give them a way back. He didn't come to set the governments in order. That's what they wanted to know. Will you at this time restore again to us the kingdom of Israel? That's still what the church is asking today. Well, will you, will you at this time restore the United States of America to its former glory through the whatever party? Come on, stop it. Jesus ignored it then. He would ignore it now. He would ignore it then. He would ignore it now. Let me tell you a few other things. He never told you when you got saved that you'd never get sick. He never told you that people would never do you wrong. He never told you that the, that the transgressors wouldn't appear to have a great life. In fact, he addressed some things about why, why the wicked prosper. 
You ever wonder why the wicked prosper? (laughs) He didn't explain a lot of things to it. I, I could add some detail there, but I won't. He de- Go look at Job. We know more about Job than Job ever knew about Job. Do y'all know that? Do y'all know that we today know more about Job than Job ever knew about Job? Job, Job left this world not knowing that there was a conversation in heaven twice over Job and his condition. Well, Satan, what are you doing? Well, I'm roaming the whole earth. Have you considered Job? You know this because I've told you many times. Job kept asking. Why, what, what's going on? You know, his, his friends were down on him. His wife was down on him. And by the way, it was just hell. Right. Let's not act like it wasn't. I have never been in a condition where I had sores from the top of my head to the sole of my feet that I wanted to sit in an ash heap and scrape them with broken pottery. Somebody hear me. Never had anybody come and say, all your kids are dead, all your livestock's dead, all, you were a gazillionaire and all of it's gone because Job was a gazillionaire. And all of it's gone, and all your kids are dead. Everything you got's gone, except your wife and your friends that are not doing you any good. You, still, you get stuck with them. You're covered from head to toe with, 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 with sores, and, and everything's going wrong. And it was. They tried to convince him that, he was, that all this was happening because he was a sinner, and he wasn't. And Job didn't know any of this. Do you know that he didn't? He didn't know any of this. God, what's going on? What are you doing? God never answered him, not one time. I'm talking about according, we live by faith according to the word. I'm, I'm, trying, I, I'm really trying to settle some things in the hearts of people that watch, that listen now, that watch later. I'm trying to have your kids that are trying to reverse the junk that's been, that, that's been going on in the church in this country and around the world for the last 60 years. Health and wealth and prosperity and, and all that gobbledygook. He never promised us any of that. He didn't. He said to Job, where were you? When I hung the stars in the space, Job. Where were you? When I set this earth in a form that life could exist on it. Shortened version. Where were you? Whenever I divided the, the, the dry land from the wetland and told the ocean, it could only come to here. Where were you? And Job said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hear me, somebody. He has dealt well with you. When he made a way back to him, if I, God forbid, that I'm falsely accused and imprisoned for the rest of my life, God forbid, that I'm shackled and chained and mocked and murdered, happened all the time in the New Testament. Got news for you. Paul and Silas wasn't in the deepest part of the dungeon because they had robbed the bank at Philippi. You know what they were there for? Because they delivered a demon-possessed girl from her oppression and possession. And people burned the goods of the, of the, of the seers and soothsayers. That's why. They beat them half to death and locked them in the lowest part of the dungeon. And by the way, it said along about midnight. Along about midnight. I just read to you, it says, in the night, I will remember. 
I don't think sometimes the night and the word he's talking about the clock. Along about midnight. Paul and Silas began to sing. I'll remind you. Beaten half to death. Chained to the wall. In the sewer. In the filth. With the worst of the worst. In prisoner's chains. With bleeding stripes. Paul and Silas. Prayed that night. And in their pain. Began to sing. Their chains were loosed. And they were free. I bless your name. By the way, when they praised, the other prisoners heard them and all of their chains fell off and all of the prison doors opened. See, when you praise in your midnight, what am I trying to tell you? The things, he never promised you it would be easy. He never promised you you wouldn't suffer. He, wouldn't, he never promised you that the wicked wouldn't prosper and that you would. He never promised anybody that. In fact, he said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. But see, you got to understand that you're clinging to the word, that your that, that praise, that your understanding, that your dedication, it freed everybody in the prison. So much that the jailer thought, I'm going to have to kill myself because all these prisoners are going to get loose. Do yourself no harm, he said, for we're all here. See, they didn't even have to run from their trouble. Oh, it makes me want to preach on that little chapter in Acts. (laughs) We're all here. The very people that bound them up began to clean their wounds. By the way, they got saved while they were at it. And then the people that tried to chain them up said, why don't y'all leave quietly? He said, no, sir. That's in there. That's just in the JRV. They said, we'll let you go. Y'all leave town quietly. He said, no, sir. I ain't leaving leaving town quietly. You didn't arrest me quietly? (laughs) Paul had something in him that I recognize. I'm telling you, I recognize it. Because something rises up in this old boy. Some of y'all know that by now. When I ought to be running and shutting up, I'm standing up and running my mouth. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. That's why I'm going to meditate on his word. (laughs) That's why I'm going to get in there and learn his precepts. That's why he says, no, sir, you didn't arrest me quietly. I ain't leaving quietly. Jeff, everywhere they went, they started a riot or got thrown out of town everywhere they went. I'm beginning to think, I understand how that works everywhere I go. Start a fight. Sometimes you don't have to do nothing. You know, sometimes your spirit just irritates people. I irritated half of the north last week. I did. I got up there so far that just me being there seemed to irritate people everywhere I went. I don't know if it was the y'all or what. 
Is that all right? See, I'm, I'm convinced of something, Scott. I believe that you carry your presence with you. Spirit to spirit. I believe that with all of my heart. We live in a spiritual world. Everywhere I went, I didn't, I didn't say a word. I, I, went to, I, I went to a pizza place the other night about 11 o'clock at night. Just, I mean, it's down the block from my hotel. Down the elevator, out the door, turn left, one block, pick it up. Security at the door. I thought, this isn't a bad part of town. I got to thinking about that. I'll talk about that later. So what do they need, what do they need security for? I walk in there, and they ring up my, my pizza. Now, I did have a mag shirt t-shirt, mag church t-shirt on. I walked past their flag. I bought my pizza. I swiped my card. I selected print. It printed my receipt right in front of me. He's packing up my pizza. I reached down and picked up my receipt. It was folded. He turned around and he says, don't you ever reach across my counter again. Just like that. Don't you ever reach across my counter again. I thought, reach across your counter, nothing. It's right there. Drawer, drawer's not open. Drawer's not open. It's my receipt. You're busy. I felt something rise up in me. But you know what I did? I, I exercised some fruit. The one called self-control. And all I said was, I just gave you a $10 tip to be a jerk to me. That's all I said. I just gave, gave you a $10 tip to be a jerk to me. And I now stood there and kept my peace. And in the meantime, he sent a security officer to stand beside me. True story. Sent security to stand beside me. Your light is an offense. You're, uh, tell me to move on, Jeff. Tell me to move on. Because I get tired of the people of God being, being accused of being the intolerant. That's exactly right. Your spirit upset their demons. And I got to thinking, what in the world does a pizza place in the middle of one of the nicest parts of Columbus, Ohio, in this high-dollar hotel district need with security all the way around every door? I thought, they got a problem with everything they do. That's what it is. And you know what I got to thinking? I'm going to call up there and find out, Jeff. Don't think I ain't. I am. I'm going to get back to Psalm 119 in a minute. But I got to tell you, I'm going to find out something. Told you I'm going to find out something. I got a feeling that they had security around that place all week because there was 20,000 Pentecostals around them and they felt threatened by people that were there to do them no harm. I guarantee you they don't have that kind of security next week or the week before or next year. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you they don't have it. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that was for this week. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. The Word of God and the Spirit of God is an offense. Oh, I need to tell you, I need to finish my thought a while ago. He didn't promise you anything other than, oh, what am I talking about? You 
have dealt well with your servant. If you had the privilege of the Spirit of God dealing with you about your sin and convicting your heart of sin and letting you know that you needed a Savior and to be born again, He has dealt well with you. If you never does anything else, for the, if, you, if you live falsely accused in prison for the rest of your life, die young, camp, any, and the wicked prosper around you, He has dealt well with you. Because I want to tell you, He never promised you that it would be easy. He promised you that it would be worth it. He never promised you that it would be easy, but He promised you it would be worth it. He said the wicked have their reward now. The wicked have their reward. Now, don't get jealous of the, of the, of the, of the pervert that has a billion dollars. Because his billion dollars won't do a thing for him if he's eternally lost. What profited a man that he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? He has dealt with, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good. Here's verse 68. Man, you can preach. Verse 68. You are good and do good. I'm, that's something you need to have settled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit for the night here in just a second, I promise. Look at me. You have dealt well with your servant. He's praying. He's talking to God. First person. You are good. And do good. Teach me your statutes. Oh, in the middle, it's in the midst of the proud have forged a lie against me. But I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is fat as grease. But I delight in your law. It is good. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Well, that will make the, the wacko preacher fall out. It is good for me that I was afflicted. That I may learn your statutes. Boy, I should have started there. It was good for me. Do you know that, you know that God does, allows, does things and allows things in my life that don't feel good? And I wish he didn't do it. But he said, it was good for me. You know what? Back in 2002 when I lost my hind end and all of its fixtures. Do I need to interpret that? Y'all know what that means? It was good for me. Note to self, did not go well. Right. Note to self, Jeff, did not go well. It was good for me. It was good for me. Jeff, I want to tell you, it was good for me. I, I didn't like it. It wasn't no fun. It was humiliating. It was awful. 
Brandon, it was good for me. Because you know what happened to me? I was a self-centered, self-indulgent, money-making machine that everything was about me and what I could buy and what I could get. And I did. That's why when you fall, see, great. <laughs> great, was the, great was the fall. <laughs> Are you hearing me? When I came out on the other side of that, I loved people and had compassion on people in their failures. I didn't love their failures, still don't. I'm going to preach against it. I'm going to preach truth, hot and heavy, and love people. It was good for me. Y'all don't want me, y'all wish that wasn't in there and you wish I wasn't stopping on it. It was good for me. Believe me, it was good for me. Even I like me better. It was good for me. I'm going to hit two more things and we're going to pray. Flip, flip. I'm going to say on the way by, your hands, your hands fashioned me. Your hands made me and they fashioned me. In 86, I'm going to tell you that your commandments are faithful. And, but they persecute me. Help me. I found myself praying this a lot. I'm trying to help you. You know what I found myself praying a lot? I found times in my prayer life that I'll spend 75% of my prayer life saying, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. I'm not kidding. The last six weeks, I have found myself walking down the hall from one place to the other saying, Jesus, help me. I don't understand it. Jesus, help me. I don't know what to do. Help me. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Help me. Luther, save your life. Jesus, help me. It's a powerful prayer. Help me. I don't think they're, they're, I don't think, I think it's music. I don't think he would ever get tired of hearing it out of his children. You got children, do you ever get tired of when they, and you need to say, help me. Help me. Help me. Jesus, help me. We're supposed to get this word in us and this prayer life and it's going to do, I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray. Turn the page. 102. Well, let's read 97 real quick. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Oh, somebody pray that. Somebody pray that. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. Boy, I can tell you, you can do a whole lot worse than being wiser than your enemies. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. How often are they going to be with you? Ever. I have more understanding than all my teachers, and my, for my testimonies are my meditation. Understand more than the ancients because of your precepts. I have restrained my free, from, feet from every evil that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments. 
for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are the words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Church, you should not be It shouldn't just get on your nerves a little, the false ways. You should hate every, most, every. You should hate every false way. If that false way comes from J.R., hate it. If that false way comes from the Assemblies of God, hate it. If that false way comes from your favorite radio preacher, hate it. If that false way comes from the media, hate it. How many false ways should you hate? All of them. One more and I'm quitting. This is it. My, my eyes fell from seeking salvation. Verse 123. And, and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your mercy and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. Did I mention this is a prayer? Right. It's time for you to act, O Lord, for they have regarded your law as void. Therefore, I love your commandments more than gold. Yes. More than fine gold. Therefore, all of your precepts concerning these things I consider to be right. I hate every false way. I can't go any further tonight, but I can tell you people want to know why I've had all I can stand of some of this stuff. Because when you get into his word and learn who he is, you begin to hate every false way. Because when a false way is taught, when a false way is preached, when people are led down a false path, lives are destroyed. Lives are... Let me help somebody. There ain't nobody getting to God through a false way. Did you hear me? Oh, pastor, they've done a lot of good. I don't read that in here. I don't read the I got, they've done a lot of good gospel. Define that, please. I hate every false way.